Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us today. I am honored to have you. And you know what I'm honored to have as well? We have a new member of the PDR Posse, Arnold Matlin. Arnold Matlin, welcome to the PDR Posse. And you know what? As the first person today, well, actually, anytime we get somebody that comes in new, we make sure to salute you and thank you for coming on in. So let's go ahead and make sure that we can get Arnold on the screen because you know what? We love you all. We simply love you all. So thank you guys for being a part of the, for those of you that are joining the PDR Posse, welcome aboard. Thank you so kindly. Anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you today as usual. Welcome, Bridge MCP. Welcome, uh, let's see, Lee Grant. He has the right to pursue. Well, I'm going to read that later on. Uh, let's see, we got Lee Grant, Julie Van Astel, AVQ, also known as Michael Rudnan. Thank you so kindly for being here. Did I forget anybody in the beginning? Rose Williams, welcome aboard. Thank you so kindly for being here with us. What I want to do, though, before I get any further, you know, I, I, I like to give people their kudos immediately. So bear with me. Let me go ahead and get Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Arnold's piece in the, on the screen because we want to know. We want to make sure everybody knows that we have El Senor Arnold on the team, and I am doing that as we speak. Not as good as I wanted immediately, but there we go, Mr. Arnold. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the PDR Posse. Anyhow, folks, um, let me go ahead and start with letting you know what the show is about. Like I said, I was going to start doing going forward. Title of the show today is Texas Attack on Democracy Begins. Jen Psaki continues good work for Biden. I hope... For all the great words that we get from Jen Zaki, which is very good, she is damn good, that he is capable of living up to her, uh, to her narrative because her narrative is almost all of the times impeccable. And there's a video that I forgot to show you guys a couple of days in a row. The GOP evil continues where they go ahead and they talk. And I talk about the GOP political evil, not the, my GOP brothers and sisters. I always make sure to make that distinction. I love all my people, period. Punto y final. Punto y final. I like everyone. The Texas legislature is in session with its second attack on democracy. Jane Psaki continues to do well by Biden. GOP's. Continues. Okay, Michael Rudden says, we talk about bribery and corporations owning both parties. This is what it looks like. Less than six months into Biden's administration, more than 15 consultants from firm uh, West Exec Advisors have fanned out across the White House, its foreign policy apparatus, and its law enforcement institution. Five, uh, five, some of whom already have jobs with the administration, have been nominated for high-ranking positions and four others served on Biden-Harris transition team. Even by Washington standard, it's a remarkable march through the revolving door, especially for a firm that only launched in 2017. I agree with you. That happens. But you know what we have to do to mitigate that, in my humble opinion, my friends? I think if we really want to mitigate those kinds of things, what we have to do is we have to come to the table 
and we have to be ready with alternatives. You see, uh, squeaky wheels get the grease, right? We got to keep squeaking, and we can't just say, oh, look at what they've done, done to us. You know, a lot of people do that. They sit back and say, oh, my God, look at what they did to us. What are we going to do? You know what you're going to do? You're going to go out there on Capitol Hill, and just like you found who those people are, now we have a posse to go out there and make it known. And then we also have to have alternatives. Who would you suggest take those positions? Or are you going to leave it all up to Biden to decide who to take? Well, he's going to take the path of least resistance. Now, if us, if we attempt to do or get our people on and they tell us no, then we can fight, right? My humble opinion. Another one from Michael Rudnan. Once the hub of America's longest war, Afghanistan, Bagram Air Force Base, is now barren and empty. One overseas military base down, a thousand to go. More than that, buddy. It, it, they still left a whole bunch in Panama that I, even though it's supposed to be reclaimed, I bet it's, it's set that they can have a strike force there if necessary. There's no good reason why our military should be in other nations where they are unwanted or whether they're unwanted or wanted. Why are we there? That's a big question. Michael Rudnan also said the masks stay on. Pfizer and BioNTech announced Thursday that they're developing a booster shot to target the Delta variant. The authorized COVID vaccine appears to work well at preventing severe disease, hospitalization, and death from the Delta variant, but pockets of the country remains unvaccinated and therefore at risk. The biggest risk is not from the Delta variant. The biggest risk is from the, the mutation of the Delta and other variants into an, an unrecognizable virus to the current immunity that we currently possess. And that's why... Uh, those people that refuse to get vaccinated to kill this virus out of existence are a clear and present danger to us all. They are in their ignorance, and it's not their fault. It's who they trust. In their ignorance, they cause much pain. Think about how many people would still be alive had they not caused that pain. But you know what? If you're listening to my voice, Brothers and sisters who have decided not to take the vaccine, trust me, you are causing harm to the people you claim to love. Uh, Michael Rudden also says, can someone kindly explain what the hell is going on here? Progressive political observers on Thursday registered a Congressional Black Caucus political endorsement of Chantel Brown in the Democratic primary in Ohio's 11th district. As the latest effort by the caucus, long defender of the corporate power to stop leftist candidates from making inroads in Congress. The CBC Political Action Committee announced it was endorsing Brown, chair of the Cuyuga County Democratic Party, over former state Nina Turner as the four. I saw that yesterday. And I tell you what, I don't think it really matters. I have lost faith in the CBC for several years now. After all, the CBC is also was a big endorser of Clinton's anti-crime bill, weren't they? So uh, while we want to call a lot of the folks who supported anti-crime bail, look at what you guys did to all those, those black people out there. Remember who was a big supporter of those bills as well, the CBC. So uh, let, let, let's be clear here. Uh, it's not about the CBC. The CBC is just as corporatist as anybody else, in my humble opinion. Of course, there are members within the CBC that are, in fact, Good progressives. But again, you have to be in all you have to be all over the place. But let let let's be clear here. 
let's be very, very clear. If what we want to do is change, the change isn't coming from the top. As we always say, the change is coming from us. Okay, let's see who else is here with us. I got Rose Williams already. I got Lee Grant already. Lee Grant said he has the right to pursue an artistic career. Saki defends Hunter Biden's gallery agreement. Why not? <laughs> what a, uh, Deborah John from LA, come on in. How are you doing? U.S. By the way, fo- the phones are active. If, let me put that on the screen. If you want to get to the phones, uh, you can get to the phones uh, at, and I need to bring in uh, that thing to the phones as well, right? Okay. So if you want to get to the phones, it is uh, on the screen, 348-248-7799, code 254-690-91. All right, let me put it on the screen so that people who want to call in can see it as well because sometimes I miss that and that is not a good thing. So let's go ahead and put the phone information there for people to see. Zoom and phone information right there if you want to call in. Okay. Let's see who else we got here. We have E2247. Hi, Posse. Have a great day. We will. We will. I am sadly not sorry for these people. I'm seriously uh, would step over them. Well, you know what's interesting? Uh, What they talk about the (laughs) survival of the fittest and Darwin's law. You know, a lot of them are currently dying right now for following their their fall leaders. Jessica Taylor, welcome aboard. Uh, Lawrence Simonelli, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Let's see who else we got here that I haven't acknowledged. I think I've acknowledged everybody so far that, that are, that's sitting in the chat that wants to be acknowledged. Anyhow, um, you know, earlier I talked about Jen Psaki. I'm going to start with Jen Psaki because I like what she did. Jen Psaki went out there and Jen Psaki did something that I think warrants our, you know, that, that, that speaks well of what she does. She went out there and said, we are going to support the little man. After a reporter implied that, why would, hey, you got your PDR mug. Send me a picture so I can put it on screen, Rose. I want to get your picture with your mug on screen. Anyhow, uh, I, want, I, I want to play I want to play Jen Psaki uh, what she did when the reporter asked the question about, hey, suppose businesses are going to sue you if you go ahead. Well, let me, let me set it up correctly. Uh, Biden today signed a bill. And in this bill, an executive order, not a bill, an executive order. And in this order, things like uh, non-compete clauses are illegal now. In other words, if you work for McDonald, McDonald can't say, you have to wait a year before you can wait, work for one of our competitors. Uh, you know, it, it was a sort of a way to enslave you. How, how does it enslave you? It means that you have to stay with that company. And there are a lot of other little nicks and nacks that they've done in this new law by Biden. So the reporter is like, oh, businesses don't like that law. They don't want that. What happens if they sue you? Check out her answer. Um, on the EO that the president is about to sign, um, we've seen some of the business groups that, you know, while not often the allies of, of Democrats have been, especially around the infrastructure deal, groups like the Chamber of Commerce, um, expressing concern that government is just kind of inserting itself too much into business dealings. The National Association of Manufacturers saying 
um, their solutions in search of a problem um, and threaten to undo progress by undermining free markets that are premised on the false notion our workers are not positioned for success. Um, and you know, more, and more broadly, are you just concerned about the, the reaction coming from industry that they will try to push back on this, that there will likely be lawsuits and all, and all kinds of other things that can bog down this? And how are you uh, planning to, to respond to all of that? Well, there's, there, there may be, but I think the role and the president's role is uh, to uh, to focus on what's in the interest of American consumers. And his view is that when you have a lack of competition that's driving up prices for consumers, driving down wages for workers, uh, a lack of competition that is costing the median American household $5,000 per year, that as the President of the United States, somebody who represents middle class Americans across the country, he has a responsibility to act. We understand some may be opposed to that, uh, and that's okay. It's a free country. It's a free country if you are opposed to good people making good money or for policy that finally, finally supports the average American citizen, then go ahead and sue. The problem, of course, is we have a right-wing Supreme Court that will make likely put this particular bill on hold. I, I don't... I've, I figure that if they sue, it'll get to the Supreme Court rather quickly, and it'll probably be put on hold until it goes until the bill goes on trial, and who knows what happens then. But you know what? At least we know where we're heading, and what we can start doing is building up to creating some laws. But anyhow, um, Jen, you know, one of the reasons that I talk a whole lot about what we want to do and, and what's holding us back and why we have to fight back is because of guys like this Republican. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. I hope Democrats are starting to get their messaging correct for 2022. For any failures that they are, they now have documented evidence that they simply need to point and say, Republicans' intent is to make sure nothing gets done for you. I ran across this article in Common Dreams with a video that everybody needs to listen to. The article was titled, In Leaked Video, GOP Congressman Admits His Party Wants Chaos and Inability to Get Stuff Done. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. So the bigger question, though, is what is there that is bipartisan hope, like where we could get involved? Is there anything? I mean, I think that depends a little bit on what comes out of the Senate. I mean, in the House, no. Uh, if something, I mean, I'm just being blunt. I mean, there are some bipartisan bills in the, in the House on various matters, but on this particular topic, I'm unaware of anything significant moving because of the way. I mean, look, you're seeing it happen right now in transportation and infrastructure, mm-hmm. right? Pelosi is just tacking hard to the left. AOC and company you saw it unfold with this whole Pelosi, Schumer, Biden's uh, you know thing on infrastructure. We have no idea where they are, mm-hmm. so it's going to be dependent on the Senate and what um, Senator Scott is able to work out with whatever coalition he can get to get to 60 as long as 60 is the number, which is obviously something to question. I mean, honestly, right now, for the next 18 months, our job is to do everything we can to slow all of that down to get to December of 2022 and then get in get in, in here and leave. You had mentioned infrastructure, and I was just, you know, this whole brouhaha over the weekend with Biden uh, saying that they were going to ram through all this, like, liberal, uh, all these liberal wish list things. Right. Uh, why are y'all going to vote for that? Are you going to vote for the one bill if they're going to put all this other stuff in a bill that they just ram through without any bipartisan 
Well, well, I don't vote for anything in the House of Representatives right now. Um, I mean, not flippantly, but there's literally nothing to But I mean, I know it's the Senate, but, but... The Senate, so what, right, the Senate was allegedly working to cut a deal. The people who are working to cut the deal, by the way, were not your conservative warriors in the, in the Senate. And so they're cutting a deal. But then uh, Biden, who came out and said we got a deal, allowed Pelosi basically to kind of step in and go, oh, no, you don't. You're only going to get that deal if you have reconciliation with all this liberal garbage. And then Biden said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And then kind of backed away from the deal. Then he kind of came back away from the veto threat, so nobody knows what anybody's going to do right now. That's the thing. This is the problem. I actually say, thank you, Lord, 18 more months of chaos Confusion. and the inability to get stuff done. That's what we want. Right. I agree. And as you can see, Santorum agrees. 18 months of chaos is what he wants. 18 months of not doing anything for all of you who expect your government to work for you, so they intend on stopping progress for you. Make sure 2022 counts. Democrats, make sure that we have all of these snippets in the right form to let it be seen that these guys are not only obstructionists, they're evil because they know many Americans right now are in need and they're willing to pay politics with your life, with your wealth, with your health. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it is so important for us to get that narrative right. They are evil because they know people need the help right now after going through this pandemic. They know it. And somehow, somehow, they don't care. Daniel Ledo says, uh... The sub no let me let me let me read the first thing that he said because Daniel is going to give us some good comic relief right here. Daniel Ledo says, "Bought my PDR mug yesterday." Right. Follow me on Facebook. I will be posting videos of me and my PDR mug doing fun things together, like protesting CRT, yelling at homos, being racist, and ultimately the mug's demise with Tenerit. And a 5.56 bullet. Really? Are you really going to do that, Daniel? I, 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 let's put a wager. I will wager that you will do none of the like. First, you're not going to get a mug. Secondly, you're not going to go ahead and do that on Facebook with the mug. I challenge you. Go ahead and do it. If you do it, I'll bring you on, brother, on the show and say, look at what one of my devoted listeners thought about me. He still listens, but this is what he thought about politics done right, and this is what he did. Do it, Senor Ledo. Please do it. Okay. We also have Michael Rudnan saying, saying the quiet part out loud with the hopes that conservatives are too stupid to understand. Republicans want to obstruct everything, show that the Democrats can't do anything, then win 2022 due to venting frustration. They've become bad faith actors and have gotten the meaning of the loyal opposition. Their loyalty is to power, not the country they're supposed to serve. And just in case you need context, he's talking about the infrastructure bill and preventing Democrats from tangibly improving people's lives. But you know what, Michael Rodney, I'm telling you something, and this is what I tell um, my brothers and sisters, what, you know, lean in, lean in. We have this false notion, and, and we usually make it come to fruition because of the false notion, that somehow 
people will always reward, and hear, hear this right, that people will reward ineffectiveness. And the truth of the matter, that's not the case. They reward ineffectiveness only if that ineffectiveness is given, leg, is given legs, or I should say false legs. So let's go ahead and let them obstruct. And we don't go ahead and just start saying, oh, we didn't do it because they obstructed us. That's not how you, that's not how you argue against obstructionists. You don't say they stopped us from doing something for you. You come out and say they are actively killing you. They are actively making you doubtful. They are actively making you broke. They are actively taking away your well-being. Don't give them the power to control those who you voted because that is what allows others to say, well, if, if, I, voted for, if I voted for Michael Rudnan and McConnell stops Michael Rudnan from doing something, then Michael Rudnan cannot serve me. But if you say, I am going to stop, if you tell them that, Michael, that, that McConnell is stopping you from attaining what you want person, in other words, it's not Rudnan that's causing the problem, it's McConnell that's causing the problem, and McConnell is the one hurting you. McConnell is not hurting you through Rudnan, McConnell is directly hurting you. Every Republican is directly hurting you. And that's the narrative. You don't allow them to say you are ineffective. You allow them to say, you, you go out there and say they are evil. They are killers. They are murderers. They are poor creators. And you make sure it is not, you're not talking about your Republican brothers and sisters. You're talking about those obstructionist Republican politicians. Because if you take the polls, the polls say that even Republicans want what we, progressives, want to give to the country. When asked a question, they say, yes, that is what we want. That is what we want. Don't let them change the discussion on you. So remember that. Okay, uh, E2247 says, I'll trade him Durbin, Sanders, Warren, which uh, Shikowski, Barbara, Lee, Chewy, all through in for an extra fee. Extra fee. Him being Biden. Let's see. Michael Rundin says, SOP, standard operating procedure, is a Republican obstructionist everything and pretending they care about the needs of the people. But we proved they don't care. They were willing to kill the Affordable Care Act with no backup. They were willing to do that. And what we did is we said, oh, they want to kill Obamacare. They want to kill the Affordable Care Act. No, they don't want to kill the Affordable Care Act. They don't want to kill Obamacare. They want to kill you. You know who I love as a politician? I can't remember his name right now. I've had him on the show several times. He goes ahead and says the Republican health care plan means or says die quickly. Die quickly. If you get sick, die quickly. I just spoke to him on the telephone four weeks ago. I can't remember his name now. But anyhow, um, remember that. Don't ever allow them to frame the debate. Hamilton Gregory, welcome aboard. Hamilton Gregory, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Many permanent bans. Don't like my politics. 
Okay, let's see what else we got. Daniel says, Egberto wants you to focus on calling your political position by names. Is that in your book? Yes. I am not. What's in my book? Here it is. Uh, it's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Yes, it's in my book. Remember, this has nothing to do with my Republican brothers and sisters. They're not the ones that I am trying to attack. They're not the ones that are doing bad things. The ones that I'm trying to, to go ahead and make people understand they are clear and present danger are Republican politicians because they're evil. And I tell people, I, that when I'm given the narrative, I tell my protégés, go out there and you make you tell the truth. That's all I want you to do. Tell the truth. And the truth is, any Republican politician that incites violence, any Republican politicians that sanctions the death of Capitol Police, every Republican politician that sanctioned the death of the uninsured, every Republican politician that is out there trying to stop Alan Grayson, that is a person, I love Alan Grayson. I called him up four weeks ago because we we're going to have him on again. Um, any any re Republican politician that doesn't support the Affordable Care Act, that doesn't support universal health care, I'm sorry, they're in effect committing murder. And I'm not pulling two punches about it. And if it's a Democrat that doesn't support it, I give them the same notion. If you support free market health care, you are supporting the murder of many of your citizens. Period. Punto y final. There's nothing to argue about that. That is a statement of fact. All right? That is a statement of fact. So let's all remember that. Uh, let's see if I got anything else to read before I go to the last video. Uh, let's go ahead and do the last video uh, about critical race theory, Gensaki, and the NEA. Because I thought Gensaki handled this much better than I would have expected someone in the Biden administration to handle it. Check it out, then we'll take it on the other side. Uh, where is it at? Right here. Gensaki got a question today uh, that NEA, the National Education Association, they are insisting that Americans learn their history. They're insisting that they learn their history, which include racism and everything else. And uh, here comes this reporter. He wants to give a gotcha to, to uh, Jen, Jen Psaki. And Jen is saying, um, there's not going to be a gotcha here. Uh, the president believes that Americans should learn about their history, the good and the bad alike. And, you know, she made it clear that that is what's supposed to happen. And you know what? If we had leaned into this decades ago, uh, centuries ago, people would have understood that this uh, excellence that we like to think of ourselves, that this exceptionalism has a few, a few different scars on it that, needs to, that needed to be mitigated. If we had just taught Americans these things, they wouldn't have that false chip on the shoulder that when folks are asking for or demanding things like reparations, etc., that it would be taken seriously. Listen to what she had to say, and then I have a bit more to say that's very, very important to all. 
uh, delegates of the National Education Association. They approved a measure last week calling for support of, quote, the implementation of culturally responsive education, critical race theory, and ethics studies curriculum in pre-K through 12 and higher education. Um, President is obviously a big fan of education. Uh, First Lady is a teacher. She's a, a union teacher. I'm wondering, what are the President's thoughts on anti-racism curriculum in the classroom? Well, the President believes that in our history, uh, there are many dark moments. And there is not just slavery and racism in our history. There is systemic racism that is still impacting society today. And he believes, as I believe, as a parent of children, that kids should learn about our history. Uh, so as a, the, the spouse of an educator and as somebody who is, continues to believe that children should learn uh, not just the good, but also the challenging in our history. And that's part of what we're talking about here, even as it's become politically charged. Here's the deal. Uh, the first black country in this hemisphere to get its freedom was Haiti. And everybody look at Haiti as a basket case. And when we talk about structural racism, nobody wants to take it seriously. Oh, you guys just talking about that or it is just that you can't handle it. Or they don't, they don't understand that there are barriers you have to cross because of what was instituted pre what you've got now. We look at Haiti. Haiti had to pay France restitution for those colonialists who lost their slaves and the production that those slaves would have produced. And you know how they got it? They got it by the Baron D. Macau. Let me put that on the screen. Baron D. Macau, he went ahead and he sent, uh, let, let, let's, let, let's get it right here. Baron D. Macau, whom Charles X sent to deliver the ordinance, arrived in Haiti in July, accompanied by a squadron of 14 brigs of war carrying more than 500 cannons. Rejection of the ordinance to pay back France 150 mi uh, million francs would have meant certain destruction of this newly formed country. So over the decades, the years, the century. Fran uh, Haiti has been responsible not for building itself up from what was stolen from them, from the labor that was stolen, from the bodies that were stolen. They had to rebuild. They had to first pay constantly for their freedom. But it gets worse. And I, I brought Haiti because I wanted you to see it. What the basket case that many like to consider Haiti's had its genesis in America and France and what they've done to countries like that. But then came America. After America liberated the slaves, the owner said, hey, where's my money? Not my money to pay the slaves for the free labor that they provided all of their lives. But because you've taken, you've freed my property. On April 16th, 1862, the District of Columbia Compensated Emancipation Act became law. Pause for a minute to consider how much compensation would have been offered to the people who suffered, tortured, and other human rights, who had to endure all that failure, all that torturing, all of that. Your kids separated from you. You know how much money they got? Zero. Zilch. The federal government, however, compensated the owners of enslaved people for their loss of property. The people who were freed were not compensated nor given any assistance for the transition. 
to their freedom. I want you to understand that when people talk about reparations, oh, the colonialists got their reparation because slavery was legal, and since you've made slavery illegal now, you better pay me for me losing my slaves. What about who pays for all the free labor that built this country? You see, when you learn history, when you learn what the aggrieved went through, when you understand these issues, things look differently. And the reason the plutocracy does not want Americans to be educated, the reason the plutocracy wants to keep many people ignorant, is because if they all, if they understood what really happened in this country to the underclass, to black people, to natives, to the Asian people, to poor white people in Appalachia who themselves were ab abused. If people really learned that, they will re would really start demanding what is theirs. People, there's, there's a lot behind this, uh, this critical race theory debate. And a lot of people want to say, let's get back from it because you're going to scare white people. Let's not talk about it. It's going to affect the election. I'm saying, no, baby. I, I have been saying, let's not make it a caricature and let's put it on the back burner as far as when it comes to, we are going to pass legislation to make your life better. But alongside that, alongside that, let's educate Americans so that when we're building all these other structures, we are not allowed to use those people, those others want to get something that they are undeserving of. Because the people that, are, that deserve a whole lot right now that are still waiting for the milk and honey this country has given to some. They deserve it because they worked for it and because they built it. And always remember that, you know, I mean, a lot of people like to say, uh, you know, when, when we get into the topic of, uh, you know, well, critical race theory is one thing. But when we get into things like reparations and all of that, they act like if, oh, you are getting something that's undeserved. And because the character of the, the, the others are made that the characters that they're lazy, the characters that they don't have direction, the char all these caricatures. If you notice, some of our right-wingers, not all, but some of them like to say things that it's culture. In other words, they are in a situation that they're in because of culture. And I, was, I always laugh, right? Because you watch somebody grow up. And you don't have the same, you, you grew up, it, it, it is interesting, the similarities between the ghettos and Appalachia and the barrios, right? I'm talking about, let's say, the poor areas in all these areas. It's, the similarities are astounding. They have the same kind of problems. Same kind of problems. Because as Michael Rodden always talk about, it is always a socioeconomic thing. Of course you have the, you always have the pathological do batter, okay? Just look at the capitalists and you see them. You have the, path, the people that are pathological. You take a look at Bezos. That's a pathological person. That you have all those billions. And you are going to take a, a joyride to space. Something that could have in, uh, inoculated 
several million people around the world, right, with your ill-gained, your ill-gotten ga- Ill gains. But no, you're not thinking about that. You, you, you want your toys, your billion-dollar toys, your yacht that requires a yacht to land a helicopter on. And, you know, you earned it, right? Hell no! And I want, I so want Americans to know and understand our worth. Because our worth so often goes on, goes denied. Our worth, nobody wants to see it. Because they've taught us not to see our worth as our worth, even though it is our worth. It is so often. So let's give them land as in reservations and privilege like the Native Indians. Huh? You know what is so funny? What happens if uh, if the natives made a claim? Hey, man, this was our land. Anybody gonna listen? I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyhow, I'm kind of late, but uh, it's time for me to go and do my ass, folks. If you're listening on YouTube, please go ahead and click that join button. Please become a part of our PDR posse. Uh, you, you can also go ahead and get one of our cups designed by British MCP, one of the leaders of our PDR posse. I'm going to first put the link to the cup on the, in, the, in the files here. That is how you can get our cup. I'll also put, if, you're, if you don't see a join button because you're not on uh, YouTube, uh, or if you're on YouTube and don't see a join button, here is the link for you to get directly to our PDR posse, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, you can support us on Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. You can also support us on PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. And of course, you can shop at our store, get our t-shirts, get our hoodies or hats, all that good stuff at politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. And get our books, our books, our books. You can get our books. And which books am I talking about? I'm talking about these books. That uh, The first one is uh, how it's worth it, how to make America, um, rather, how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. You can get that at politicsandright.com slash books. Politicsdoneright.com slash books. I guarantee you that it's a good read. My latest book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who rigged it because you know what they did they rigged it and let's take it away from those who rigged it and take it back as i see it class warfare the only resort to right wing book that's my first book that is book where i explain how the economy works uh, how each president affected the economies and what occurred under their economies think something that you need to know about that our economy always does better under democratic presidents that's and it's not some oddball number it's by percentage points we it's by a lot of percentage points that our we do much better under progressive or or democratic presidents no doubt whatsoever it's a mathematical certainty and you just have to go look those numbers up if you're interested in finding them okay Let's see now. Let me go back. Now, is there anything that I'm missing? I don't think I'm missing anything else. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the people who have the floor now. Deborah John says, and if I miss something, just throw it to the bottom again and I'll read it. Our Ready Temp says, CRT's sole purpose is to promote a theory, not fact that a person's skin color inherently puts a disadvantage, advantage in a person's ability to be successful. 
All right. I think that's important. I am, look, I'm going to tell you a little story. Ready, temp. Critical race theory also uh, successfully makes the case that within our laws, within our structures, that race matters to this day. And, you know, I don't believe in race. I believe, and, and you've, if you notice, even a conservative doctor that I had on recently, we agreed on the safe thing. Race is a stupid thing, but the plutocracy needs race to keep us apart and also to misallocate things. But anyhow, I can tell you, I, I, I have succeeded above and beyond race. But I was lucky. I came from parents in Panama who, from the time I could understand what they were saying, they instilled in me that I'm better than nobody and nobody is better than me and that I could be whatever I wanted to be. And that's how I grew up. I grew up where nothing was an obstacle. An obstacle was a challenge to beat. That's how I grew up. That's why I created, back at home, I, I used to have a posse, created rockets that flew. Almost got killed by putting sulfur in one of them. I mean, that's how I grew up. But here's the kicker. Most kids, irrespective of your hue, irrespective of your quote-unquote race, don't grow up with parents give, instilling that kind of a sureness into their psyche. And I, like I said, whether white or black, whether Asian or whatever, not everybody has that. That, that, that was instilled in them. What that did to me is when I came to America and the first time I walked in Brenham and I was given, I was called nigger and all that kind of stuff, for me it was a challenge. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get crazy mad and start acting out. For me it's like, this clown in a pickup truck think, I'm, I'm here going to school learning how to build things. And this clown calling me a name, you think that's going to have an effect on me? But it does have an effect on people. It has an effect of shutting down their, 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 their reason or their willingness to move forward. If you're going to a school where you're discriminated against or where, where it's made uncomfortable for you, while for the other kids it's, there's no discomfort there. That kid without the discomfort versus that kid that has the discomfort, that always feels that discomfort, they likely will not succeed as well as the other kid. And it snowballs, you know. When I started my business, I, 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 I wanted, uh, this, there's a story that I'm writing in the next book because since we're talking a lot about critical race, I asked my daughter which book I should, which is the next book that I should write, whether the critical race or how to on the, um, how to survive as an activist, uh, and she said, you know, given where the things are right now, maybe you should do the one on race. But let me tell you, I have so many, I mean dozens of racial stories. Each one of them could have stopped me in my tracks, both from, the, uh, from my own business as well as my employee, or employee with NASA or the oil companies or anything else. But it didn't, again, because of how I was reared. I was reared that nobody was better than I am, and I was better than nobody, so I simply moved forward. But, it, but the, the, the disease of racism even goes beyond, beyond America. A, a quick one. I think it, let me give you the Chinese one better. 
Um, I was doing business with, uh, with, with a Chinese company. I write software for serial communications. And I did business with this company. And uh, I used to buy their cards that were built to the spec that Jerry and I designed. And we'll buy them back from this Taiwanese company. And uh, we were there's a bi there's a biggest computer computer uh, convention in the world was called Comdex. It was held every year in Las Vegas. So I would go to Las Vegas every single year. Every single year I was in Las Vegas for this conference. And then this guy in Taiwan. We were going to meet the first time. Remember, I'm, I'm sending this guy thousands of dollars for these boards that I've always bought from him. Now, he wants to kind of cement a more close relationship. And I told my wife several times, you know, I am concerned about that because all he knows is my work, but he doesn't know my hue. And she, oh, that doesn't matter. Come on. He, you buy thousands of dollars of things from him, and you build this software, and this software is used all over the place. Texaco uses it. Exxon uses it. Everybody uses your software for, that, for the cash registers and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So we got on the phone, and I am talking to, the, to this guy that I buy these products from. And I say, he says, okay, uh, we're going to meet and uh, you're, you know, you're going to pick me up at the airport. I'm like, well, you can actually take a shuttle from the airport, come to the hotel. We'll meet in the ball, ballroom or the rest, I don't remember, somewhere in the hotel. And he said, okay. What do you look like? You're Panamanian, right? Yep, I'm Panamanian. And I always, you know, I, I always use the word Panamanian so that my, who I am would be not exactly known based on the business I'm doing. Kind of people hear an accent, etc. So it's time to tell the guy what I'm going to look like because I'm going to face him now. So I said, I'm Panamanian. He said, okay, you mean you kind of look like uh, the Mexican oil baron or something like that he's talking about, right? And he said, yes. I said, no, uh, I'm darker than that. He said, okay. Uh, I said, I, you know, I look like, and then I gave the name. Uh, the, I don't remember whose name I gave. I can't remember right off the top of my head. And immediately, the tone of the conversation changed. He was, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Well, great. No problem, Mr. Willis. No problem, Mr. Willis. We'll talk later. Fine. But remember, my wife who worked for the company then, she decided, I mean, she made the arrangements for the hotel. She made the arrangements for the ticket. She did all of that for, for this guy. We kept on, you know, when, it, when I think a few days before, we kept on calling. We couldn't reach him. We could not reach him. She kept on calling him, and we could not reach him. So, uh, she went to, I said, let's, let's try this experiment. Let's go ahead and you call him as if you are a new customer trying to do business with him. So a few minutes later, she called him. And uh, when she said she needed to do business, that's our... Who comes on the phone? He comes on the phone and I grab the phone from her and say, Hey, we've been trying to get to you for, you know, two days or three days. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Willis. I'm sorry, Mr. Willis. Oh, 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 no, no, no. And at that time, he was caught. 
And I said, I will be in this place at 4. We'll meet. That's all I said. I didn't go ahead and give any options. I'll be there at 4. We'll meet, et cetera, et cetera. And we went there. And, you know, we, when we met, the first thing I told him is, I, look, I know what happened two days ago. Oh, Mr. Willies, Mr. Willies. No, that's not what was going on. I said, I know what happened. I said, you watch a lot of American TV. You watch a whole lot of American TV. So the caricature of what somebody like who looks like me is, is what you see. And I, you know, I had to explain to him things like what caricature means, all that kind of stuff. And our relationship was still a bit tenuous. It was still on a cash basis, meaning I want to order several thousand dollars worth of parts. I send him the money, but I've always been saying, I need net 30, I need net 30. Well, after he met me, and uh, he, 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 did, he really started researching who I worked for, all that kind of stuff. Eventually, his protege called and said, give Egberto all the credit he needs. He, whenever he asks for anything, make sure he gets it. Why am I, why am I just saying that there? If I weren't the go-getter, that business would have stopped there, once that structural racism part of that conversation was held, it would have stopped. But I didn't allow it to end. I, I have other stories I can tell with business loans, etc., that went in that same direction. So when I have to listen to those people who talk about critical race theory as some sort of a theory as not being real, I don't have to really listen to them, or give them any sort of positive notion. I've lived it dozens, if not hundreds of times, where it made a material difference in my personal economy. Now, because of yours truly never gives up, it was not an issue too often as far as preventing progress. But... For most people, whether you, if you had those headwinds, I don't care, once you're human with those headwinds, for most people, it has an effect on them, and that effect is not a positive effect. It can be a disastrous effect in, your, in moving forward in whatever you want to do in life. So folks, uh, trying to learn that America is a racist country is not saying that all white people in America are racist, but it is structurally racist. Learning these things and learning why. Our next, our millennials that are coming up understand this stuff and they're going to make a better America. But it is important for us not to have the right wing do what they're wanting to do right now. They're wanting to create a Gen Z generation that is dumb, that doesn't understand real history that thinks for some reason we're glory, glory, hallelujah, everything is just fine. They want to keep that going. Uh, now, Rose Williams says, let me just add that America is also a sexist country. Most definitely. And like I have written before, it is actually more sexist than it is racist. Let me explain. It's funny because I said that on Daily Coast, I wrote a whole article on that saying that, that imagine Obama could get to presidency and Hillary Clinton couldn't. 
And I said that is one classic example of America being more sexist than racist. And the people that gave me the most trouble was my black women uh, who said, hey, that's not true. I, I really thought they would have been on my side on that issue because if you even go into the black church just for having a penis, whether you're good or no good, the black pastor is the leader, whether he leads or not. Sexist. Most of the people running in the black church are women. You see women all over the black church. And I can and and I've been in white churches as well. Maranatha, the one that turned me off from religion altogether, was a white church. And in that church as well, the women were making things happen. But the ones who had a penis were the ones who led. So, uh, Rose Williams, I agree with you, and I take it one step further. I think America and the countries of the world, to put it more bluntly, are more sexist than they are racist. And uh, uh, an interesting documentary is Picture a Scientist. Yeah, I can imagine what it says. Picture a scientist and everybody draws a male, right? It's funny because one of the women who um, was instrumental in getting our, our, um, the coronavirus, the Moderna virus, I mean the Moderna vaccine out, was actually a black woman. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. America is not a sexist country. Corporations are sexist as they choose who get that job. No, no, no. America is a corporation. Again, corporations have personhood. Until we remove personhood from corporations and all those things, Everything that Rose Williams just said is 100% accurate. Thank you, Ready Temp, for being here. Rose Williams, thank you for being here. E2247, thank you for being here. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Uh, E2247 says, Homo sapiens ain't bacteria with maximum offspring. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's a documentary about a number of women scientists. I got to check it out, Rose. Okay, folks, um, if you have any questions. Oh, by the way. Every first Saturday, uh, those of you in the PDR Posse are supposed to ask Egberto a question on a Zoom that you can sign up for or that you should have signed up for already. I don't know how many have yet. I don't know if anybody have because we're, we because of the 4th of July weekend, we didn't have one this, sat, this Saturday at 11 Central. But what I'm going to do in here is I'm going to put the link to the Ask Egberto Anything. I should have had it ready before, but I didn't. That's bad on me. I'm looking for it right now. But, um, yeah, so what you can do is, uh, let me see if I can find it. Did I, did I, uh, apparently I didn't post it. It looks, I thought I posted that. Let me, let me look a little bit better because I'm pretty sure I posted it, but I'm not. Finding it right. Yeah, I think I found it. I think I found it. Okay. If you go to this link, my Substank link, it's the new uh, newsletter. Please go there and check out that link. Inside of that newsletter is how can we, how to, how to sign up for the um, Ask Egberto Anything on Zoom tomorrow. Uh, so please check that out. And if people sign up for it, I'll be on at 11 on Zoom, and we'll have our talk. Talk to me. You can ask me anything, anything that you want. We got to get out of here. My name is, Egg well, beforehand, please remember, folks, support us at politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Get our books at politicsandright.com slash books. 
uh, get our or support us at Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, or go ahead and support us with a PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Again, I know you could be anywhere. The fact that you're here with me speaks well. I appreciate it. It is your show. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.